0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For all, in- for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, and
1: Odyssey Original Podcast. I know the time in between when you're hearing from me and Justin is a little longer, but I think until things maybe heat up a little bit with the off season, you know, maybe you'll get two episodes from us a week, but we're right now in the one once a week episode, I think. (laughs) But we we will keep you posted on the frequency and let y'all know, but just... There hasn't been really enough meaningful stuff, I don't think, to talk about that's Warriors related until today, because <laughs> some news did drop yesterday. Um, news I think we were all expecting, Justin. So Bob Myers stepping down
2: mm-hmm.
1: as the Warriors GM. Um, so yeah, let's 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 talk about it. So Justin, I mean. Like I said, we all kind of expected this. I think this is what everyone thought was happening or most people. Others may have been hoping (laughs) he wasn't going to step down. Uh, And we've touched on this before. You know, uh, like I sort of made the case that like, I'm sorry, like maybe I'm just not like a sentimental enough person, but I don't feel that strongly attached to Bob Myers. Like <laughs> if he has to step down, he has to step down and the Warriors will continue. Like to me, it's always about Steph in that like the Warriors ceiling is about him, not about who the, the, the GM is. So mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously someone can make really, really um, awful decisions, So I don't want to like completely um, dismiss that, but I don't think decisions are going to be made without the input (laughs) of Stephen Curry is sort of my point. So I just don't expect it to be something so catastrophic, even though I'm not really high on the names I've been hearing, but I just, I, you know, from everything we know, it sounds like they're trying to keep the core intact. And so you know like we've always said if those if that core is together they still got a chance and they you know Stephen curry is your is your franchise guy you for sure got a chance so you know it's just really now a matter of seeing who who they're going to put in bob's place and 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 what the next moves are but um i'm excited to see what's going to happen to be honest or maybe curious is a better word but you know i feel like this is going to be a big off season for the warriors and so i'm you know, I'm excited about the NBA finals, which we'll get to, but I'm also (laughs) excited to see what's going to happen for my team. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm waiting in anticipation.
2: Yeah. Same. I I think a lot of people are just kind of nervous when it comes to change, any major change having to do with anything. So people are going to be a little bit nervous and anxious about Bob stepping down and, um you know people fear the unknown so they don't know if someone's going to step in and be able to make those right decisions or not um and you know you think about all the things everything that bob has meant to guys like draymond and steph and just the relationships that they built outside of basketball and how that potentially helped them you know all go on one accord or at least try to be on one accord um and how that dynamic can potentially change now so it's i'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you like i'm not like i don't feel strongly in either way about it like i'm not happy that he stepped down i'm not sad or angry or anything like that it's just something new and I, I am excited to see what they have in store next and potentially see how they can they can probably like change some things or how they go about some things so um like you said it's a it's a big offseason and whether Bob was there or not it was no guarantee that he was going to be making all the best decisions or all the worst decisions it's just they know big decisions need to be made and I'm excited to see them try to piece this thing back together and put together a championship group again so it's thanks thanks Bob <laughs> that's kind Thank of how like yeah, yeah it's kind of like, how I feel about <laughs> it. like best of luck in your next endeavor thanks for what you've done but you know it is what it is, bro. Like,
1: Appreciate you. Flowers yes. all around. But...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. um, Yeah, for sure. I'm just like, I don't know. I, you know, it's... um, But look, this kind of goes back to like, you know... And look, I get the people who say, oh, when things go well, you know, it's credit the players, but then when it goes bad, you don't want to blame the players sort of a thing which is not true but it's like to me there's an overemphasis on gms on um coaches and you know and how much we credit them you know and and that's why i i don't like overly credit either of those two you know i think when you hear people talk about you know and we'll get into spo some more later but when you hear people talk about the greatness of spo it's because he's doing amazing things with a roster, and not just this season, but in many years, he's mm-hmm. taking rosters that are not at least perceived to be as talented as others very far. And that's when you you look and say, like, look, this is to me, I and not every coach is gonna have that opportunity. I get that, right? So it's it's not fair, you know, to maybe like a Steve Kerr to say like, well, we don't know that he couldn't do the same thing, but I don't believe he can, right? And so that's why I, I think Spo is a superior coach to a to a Steve Kerr, you know? Um, there are some people who think, okay, but like he's taking top talent and he can coach and, and do all of these things. And so you still credit him and sure you do, but to me, it's more about the players. Like, I think if you are a solid coach and if you're a smart enough person if you have elite talent like that you'll be able to succeed you know Mm. but I don't think you have to be a genius to make Stephen Curry Kevin Durant Mm. (laughs) you know work and you know you do credit Steve Kerr for realizing that the system that Mark Jackson had probably wasn't the most complimentary to Steph's skill set great it was also something he looked at what his college coach did and said, let's do that and build upon it. So someone had already noticed and recognized that Steve Kerr did too. And they, they put it around Steph, and voila, you know, but it's like, I just think there's like a over, like, you know, without Steve Kerr, without Bob Myers, you know, to me, the second most important piece after the players is Lakob and it's, only because like you do need an owner who's gonna invest. You do need an owner that's gonna pay. You do need an owner who's gonna do those things because if you have shit owners, you know. Um, so all, with all the flaws Joe Lacob comes with, right? Like he did empower Bob Myers to spend, you know? Cause a GM can only do so much as the, the, the owner is gonna allow him to do, right? And even if it did take some time, some prodding and Joe was stubborn, and I'm sure it wasn't easy for Bob, Joe did a lot, you know, and he came in and did things that were not popular with the fan base, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and that worked, that worked and proved successful. So, which is why he doesn't want to be told anything. And while it's annoying, I don't blame him because like, y'all going to tell me I've been making moves. That benefit this franchise, you know. Yeah. So Joey Leko probably wants more credit than he deserves. But if I'm looking in pecking order of credit, <laughs> you know, it's 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 going in that order to the players and to Leko before I get to, you know, coaches and a GM. They just, I'm sorry, they don't move me in that way.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think, uh, I think I give the coaches a little bit more. Credit, but the GM for me, just like for you, is low on <laughs> lower on the on the totem pole, um, in terms of impact on the actual product, because the GM's hands are particularly tied to what the owner will allow financially, and what the coach will allow strategically and style wise. So, you could go out there and try to get all the talent and players you want, but if the coach isn't going to play them, it doesn't matter. And if the GM doesn't want you to bring a certain guy in because he wants someone that he's invested in to play or he doesn't want to spend a certain amount of money, then it doesn't matter. right? So the actual GM job um, is very, it's low in, in comparison to those other things. And I do think there is a different aspect to Bob as far as like people managing and the whole like manager aspect of it is super important. But it's not like it's super necessary to have a guy that's like buddy buddy with everyone, and he can be the filter from the players to the coach to the to the owner, and all that type of stuff. That stuff is cool, but it's not necessary to win a championship. Um, it's
1: also not good at times. I, yeah. I would I would argue that allowing Draymond Green to be as involved as he is sometimes created a problem, right? And so, uh, listen, I- I'm so fucking tired of hearing about managing relationships with the Warriors, like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Kurt is a great manager of people, Bob Meyer. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are adults. And sometimes, like, you need to put them in their place. <laughs> you know? Like, sometimes that's what needs to happen. So, I like, I don't want to say that that stuff doesn't matter. And, and let's also keep in mind that Bob was once a former agent. So, he has a lot of relationships. And relationship building is important for negotiating. It is. So I don't want to minimize that, you know, as a lawyer and someone who's had to negotiate deals, obviously not the level of Bob Myers, but I've negotiated some pretty notable deals in my life. I just ain't telling y'all all all my business. So, you know, it's like having relationships and credibility and all that stuff matters. But I guess my larger point is that Bob Myers isn't the single sole person in the world that exists with that skill set so it's it's less about not that Bob wasn't good at his job but just like people it will not you know and and I'm saying that as someone who was like very upset when the Warriors got rid of Jerry West you know it was like oh my god and like we look like we lived on past Jerry West and Jerry West hasn't won anything not because he didn't make great moves with the Clippers, but because their players can't stay healthy. Now -hmm. that doesn't mean that they were gonna beat the Warriors but I think we've all sat here and said a healthy Clippers team is a worthy competitor but we don't get to ever see a healthy Clippers team. So again, it always comes back to the players, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. It always comes back to the players and the Clippers gave up a lot to get Paul George, you know? And so it also may be hampered what they'll be able to do in the future with two players who to this point don't seem to be able to stay healthy enough for postseason season runs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it starts, it starts and finishes with your players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> either they're good enough or they're not either the support you have around them is good enough or it's not. Right. Right. And there are some teams that have a ton of talent and their coaches just don't put them in the right position and stuff like that. That I think that's more rare um, than anything. Right, I don't. It's it's rare that you see a team like that has the best talent in the NBA don't get the job done because of a coach. You know what I mean? Like that's that's rare. But um, like said, it starts and ends with how good your players are. Whether they have the talent and the IQ and the experience to do it or they don't. We've seen it with the Celtics. They got they had more talent than Miami, and they didn't lose because of Joe Missoula. They lost because. The Heat players played better than they did. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Joe Mazzulla isn't completely, you know, absolved from blame. But at the end of the day, if the Celtics players can make better decisions with the ball, they would have won that series. Simple as that.
1: Yeah. So, again, salute to you, Bob. We appreciate you, Bob. I always will love the GOAT comment you made to Kevin Durant. Like, look, we're going to still win without you, but with you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you one know, we about, can get a lot
1: more. That takes moxie.
2: Right. To one say that. About, one thing about so the a Warriors. of Kevin
1: Durant's stature.
2: Exactly. The one thing about the Warriors, you know, brain trust or whatever, they got bars. They, they always come with some one-liners that are just like all-time stuff. Like, yeah. what did Joe say the other day? It's like we're going to, we're going to win no matter what the rules are. Like that's a bar right there. Like...
0: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. For all, in, for all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
1: And let's talk about Joe because, like, it's, it, it, he's sort of like Draymond of ownership. Like, he's like a catch 22, right? Like, you need that egotistical side of him, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, if people know anything about venture capitalists, like, this is who they are. They don't get to be in this place without being cutthroat and without extreme confidence in themselves the same way players have to have extreme confidence. You know, you just have to hope the right person to check Joe Laka will be in place. And I don't know. I certainly don't think that's going to be his son. And to clarify, his son is not expected to be the next GM, but his son is expected to get more authority and power within the organization. You know, and then you have to wonder if, you know, Mike Dunleavy, who is expected to be the successor of Bob Myers, is just going to be a yes man, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't know, we we don't know what it's going to be. But Mike Dunleavy leaves a bad taste with the Warriors <laughs> due to his history with them. So admittedly so, we're not happy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. about him being the potential successor, but we have to wait and see. But I like change. I think change is good sometimes. And I do think it's a good time for change with the Warriors, right? Um, And, you know, sometimes putting a certain player on a team forces a coach to change their approach, right? And I think Kerr does need to be pushed a little into changing his approach. Now, what we don't know with respect to the rest of the 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 warriors is like is anything going to change about coaching kenny atkinson was up for a few of these jobs but i don't think he got the main ones. i don't know Mm -hmm. if he's a finalist for phoenix i don't remember check that right now but some of the others have been you know the coaching jobs still available on the market are the Suns and detroit is that it and toronto
2: i'm not sure if the wizards is on the market but uh, oh yeah i think doc is going to get phoenix
1: i just think it's remarkable like let me tell you something i think it's remarkable that doc rivers has been granted white privilege as a coach it's it's remarkable
2: he's been granted kg paul pierce ray allen rondo privilege
1: Nah, game. bro. This is next some next level shit. It's some <laughs> next level shit. The man is objectively not a great coach.
2: He's flawed. I wouldn't he's say not a he's great a
1: coach. coach. He's not great. You can't use the word great with him. Solid?
2: Solid. Uh, I think he's better than average for sure.
1: Yeah, to me, he's like in that Steve Kerr realm, but he's had better talent. So people are gonna, nah, he had, no, Steve Kerr has had better talent is what I'm saying. So, you know, like, come on, you had Chris Paul, like, you're not winning with Chris Paul as your guy, right? So <laughs> you had Chris Paul, you're just not, you're not, it's not yeah. gonna happen. They shouldn't have blown a 3-1 lead, but they were not gonna win with it being Chris Paul, Blake and whoever, mm. you know, they maybe had like one season where they had a shot, but that wasn't a team that was gonna like, They weren't going to do what like Steph and the Warriors did, right? Mm -hmm. So that wasn't going to happen. You know, they have a flawed team in Philly. And even still, Philly was never the best team in the East. So none of us, no matter what Doc did, none of us thought Philly could come out, right? So like Doc Rivers could have reached higher ceilings, meaning conference finals, right? Mm -hmm. Like the blown, the constant blown leads and shit like that is the problem. But that's why I'm saying he's in the same vein as Kerr. The difference is Kerr had better talent to cover his flaws. Doc doesn't. So his flaws aren't covered. But to me, they are coaches that are like better than average. They're good. I don't think they're great coaches. I really don't. They're good.
2: I think Steve's a great coach, but...
1: not a great coach.
2: <laughs> I don't know, correct that I, about I don't the know
1: we can critique about Kurt and y'all keep saying he's great. Like, you're not going to be great to me for something you did 10 years ago. Like, if you can never, ever, like, in the moment, adjust. If you refuse to pay players because of dumb shit, like, they dunked in game and taunted. Because <laughs> you want to fucking teach lessons because you're wedded to this old school pop approach to coaching which ain't gonna work with Gen Z and all these other fucking people coming. It's just not. It's not. That's true. Like all these things. the Y'all credit Steve Kerr for shit that I'm just like oh he's good at managing players. It's not even true. Draymond Green tried to fucking fight him. <laughs> tried to fight him. Kevin Durant left because of him. And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant is not, you know, he comes with his own stuff. But like, what is it that he's managing so well? Draymond Green is out of control. And there's nothing they can do about it. So he didn't manage him well. And neither did anyone in the fucking Orioles or, or organization. What the fuck is Steve Kerr great at? What? Tell me the <laughs> thing he is great at.
2: I mean, he's a great defensive coach for sure. That's... I mean, I don't think that... Then really why was, was their
1: defense to. ass?
2: Because they were tiny this year, and they didn't have any good players outside of their starting five. <laughs> I mean, there's not really much he could do when he, when he has no choice. I mean, he could have played Kaminga more in the, in the playoffs for sure. But as far as the players he trusted, they were just too small to be able to defend at the level they did Wanamaker.
1: These are indefensible fucking things. They didn't want to make a move this off in the, in the, um, buyout market because Steve Kerr wasn't going to play the player. That is, that is not a great coach. You're not convincing me. Someone with that many restrictions is a great coach because it has to be my way. Only a certain way for it to work. Someone who's great at something is adaptable. They're adaptable, that's true you 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 there's I've never considered anyone great at something if you can only do it one way if you can only do it one way, then you're great at a specific thing,
2: yeah, I mean, I think he's just a little less adaptable as far as like how quickly he adapts um than a guy like spo, but I do think they're in the what same has round adapted
1: to in his in his coaching
2: i mean he's he switched up. His defensive um, philosophies and stuff. A lot of that last year. Did
1: he, or did Mike Brown switch
2: them up? I mean, he was—he's the head coach, so.
1: Yes, but you know, I mean, Mike Brown Mike left, left. Yeah, and their all, defense was notably affected.
2: They also their roster was way worse defensively than than last year too. But
0: my you point get is credit like, for hiring
1: a good staff. That's what I give Steve Kerr for—for for hiring the right people. But, like, come on. That defense was all Mike Brown. That wasn't Steve Kerr. I
2: mean, the defense was great before Mike Brown got there, too.
1: Yeah, and who did they have before? Ron Adams. Also a great defensive mind.
2: It's not like they're just telling him, and he's just like, he has a blank slate, and they're just telling him what to do. You know what I mean? No. You got to give him some credit there, in my opinion. Um,
1: I give him credit for hiring the right people.
2: My thing is, if you look at Spo. You look at Kerr, they do a lot of the same stuff as far as the defenses they implement, the offenses they implement. Spo is just more adaptable on the fly than Steve Kerr is. I think that's the biggest difference between those two, and that's what makes Kerr, I mean, Spo arguably a better coach than him, and it makes him... He
1: also can work with different kinds of players.
2: Because he's quicker to adapt than Steve Kerr is, where Kerr is like, well, I have my guys, and... You know what I mean? If Spo has Steph and Clay and Dre, he might be married to the same philosophies as well for for extended period of time. Whereas with Spo, it's like he's getting different groups of guys every year because his talent pool isn't the same as the Warriors. Yeah, but did.
1: he's not like, don't give me this player because. You true
2: you're true about that. I mean, you're correct. Like
1: it. that's what I'm saying. It's like, come on, Spo had the Heat probably about to get back. At a minimum to the Eastern Conference Finals before Chris Bosch goes down. He yeah. lost, he lost LeBron James. Like people try to act like, oh, they lost LeBron and just sucked. No, they didn't. They, they got, were playing well.
2: They got killed with injuries. Yeah. That usually happens to LeBron teams that he leaves. They get killed with injuries the next season.
1: Right. But they they he didn't say, Oh, no, LeBron James, we gotta tank it in no Clay Thompson, we can't do anything. Let's fucking suck for a season.
2: Like I don't think Kerr did that. He I think Joe Lacob did that. I think Joe Lacob did that. And then Kerr, when they finally gave him the free reigns to do what he wants, they won 15 out of 20 to end the season.
1: When they gave him the free reigns,
2: when they said Wiseman is done for a season, you can't play him. Even if you didn't want to, you can't play him. He said, "All right, I'm gonna no, play my he guys." Didn't wanna and they let
1: go of Wanamaker. Don't fucking tell me that he
2: sucked. B- he sucked.
1: He did, and he didn't want to let go of him. He kept playing him.
2: What was his other choice, though?
1: Not to play him. <laughs> to put the ball in Steph's hands much earlier. Are we serious? He like he could have done that earlier. There were points that 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 Wiseman was hurt earlier in the season before they shut him down. That Kirk could have done that and he didn't lean into that. So don't tell me it's because he then but that was not it because he had opportunities to do that and did not, Justin. You know damn well he likes having some fucking point guard to sit there and do that old school bullshit style of basketball. He, Nico Mannion, fucking the little short one, evil Steph from last year. This is not about one player. He showed it to us over and over and over again. This is not about, oh, you know, because of wise men he couldn't please. You're not going to post bail for him like that. No, not on my watch.
2: I'm not posting bail. I'm just you. the reality. I'm given the reality that they drafted James Wiseman and they made it a clear point that they wanted to develop him that season, which immediately tanks any type of ambition to win games. That was
1: all ownership, but Steve Kerr wanted Wiseman too. He yeah,
2: wanted
0: and a big two. I'm sure he after he
2: it. realized he wasn't good, he was probably like, We're not gonna win a lot of games this season because this kid is not good. That's why he had that's why he said they're not chasing wins. And immediately once Wiseman went down, they started winning at the championship level. But not
1: chasing wins tells you from the beginning of the season he was not trying to win. And he did make similar statements about Clay. They he didn't even they could beat the fucking celtics last year there's no way he thought the season without clay they could really compete bro he they were all like we didn't know steph would be this good come on that's a fucking fail the man goes on and says steph can't be in the same category with kevin durant and fucking Kawhi leonard and you're telling me this is a great coach who says that about stephen curry the man doesn't even fucking know what he has on his team.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been critical of Steve as did well. Did he not
1: say those things?
2: He did say those things. I don't
1: know how good we'd be if we ran a bunch of pick and roll. Like, bro, this is, no, this is not a great coach. <laughs> this is not a great coach. If you want to say he's great at defense, You can say that I wouldn't, but there's no way you can call this man a great coach.
2: I just disagree on that. He's not. He's not without flaws. He has major flaws, just like every coach does. But
1: great, great, no, great, great people don't have major flaws. They have like okay, a thing or two. That's like okay, this is their weakness. He has major flaws. Flaws, in my opinion, that have cost them. You put fucking Azili in a fucking game seven. Why? We both agree he's extended series longer than they needed to go.
2: Which one are we talking about?
1: That they played. Right? Not going small early enough in series. Right? Stick, th- this all goes back to adaptability. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying the result was why didn't you just do this sooner? Why, whether it's put the ball in Steph's hands, whether it's go small, whether it's whatever he did. Like, even if you put that in the vein of being, you know, not adapting, what was the result of that not adapting? What did it cost the Warriors? See, ultimately what everyone does is they look at the results and say, oh, but he won. Yeah, but the fucking process to get there was flawed. Potentially not potentially was.
2: If If you play an extra game
1: because you don't want to play Steph Curry an extra five minutes and now the series goes longer. That's a
2: bad decision. That's a bad decision, for sure.
1: Right. It's not potentially. We have examples of this.
2: And there's no coach in the history of the NBA that's like a perfect slate, never makes bad decisions ever.
1: He makes them regularly, though. (laughs) Like Pop, he said... And NN doesn't own them. Pop said, yeah... I shouldn't have taken Tim Duncan out of the game <laughs> right in game six owned it done mm-hmm. that's it owned it he never made that bullshit mistake again didn't do it again we don't see the same shit over and over and over again nah sure. not great not great I'm sorry, I would die on this hill. I will actually fight Justin over this, but Justin doesn't fight women, so we won't fight, but like, I would fight. I would. I would, but we'll move on. I, res—I in fact, no, because I respect Justin. I res- respectfully disagree, but I really, really like disagree, like disrespectfully, but not disrespecting you. Just disrespectfully
2: disagree. <laughs> well- can't agree on everything.
1: We actually don't agree a lot on a lot more these days than 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 otherwise because
2: because we
1: disagree very much so on the Heat and the Nuggets <laughs> key players, what that series is gonna look like, and you know I don't like to doubt and question Justin because he has way more basketball knowledge than me, like just superior. But I don't agree with him, y'all. I (laughs) (laughs)
2: know. On on the finals appearance? I mean, on the finals preview?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, is there any more we have to say about the Warriors? I mean, we both look forward to the offseason. Do we think Jordan is getting traded?
2: Eventually, yeah.
1: Eventually, meaning it may not happen in the offseason, but in season?
2: Yeah. I do not think he will be a Warrior by the end of next season.
1: So it, it's always been a Warriors thing not to do trades mid-season. And I don't know if that will continue with the new GM, but I just feel like if they're going to bring someone else in that's new and they have title aspirations, the earlier you do that, the
0: better.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean, the last two uh, two of the last three seasons they have, 2020 they got Wiggins, 2021 they stayed patty. Yeah, but not in years yeah. where
1: they were actually planning to compete
2: true well last year they planned on it and then it didn't go that way and then they pivoted and kind of just said okay we'll just take Gary back instead of you know for Wiseman so you I don't know
1: and Gary was also a player though that's already been on the team though for sure so it's like a different thing but in a year where like they're planning to compete and have to integrate we saw just what happened with the Suns I mean can we think of a team that made like that many changes and went all the way or a key change like that and then went on to win it all?
2: I think the Rockets did that one year. That was just like a, such a anomaly, though. It doesn't happen really ever, you know, so. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, the question is sort of, I guess, what the deal would be on the table, right? And if waiting gets you a better deal and a lot of that is dependent on contracts and 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 things like that so look the 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 celtics just ended or got eliminated from their series very weird series don't need to get back into it but heat go up 3-0 then lose the next three thought the celtics had a chance to complete history um didn't happen but what a crazy ass series um But Jalen Brown is the name that everyone is talking about. You know, Um, I don't know. I think Jalen Brown is a conversation for another day in terms of if he may fit with the Warriors and what that would look like. But, but, um, you know, we don't know if he's gonna be traded. We know that he's eligible for like super max money. And that's a question Boston has to answer. My guess is that they won't pay him the Supermax, <laughs> but um, that they will try to extend him. Boston's the only team that can pay that for him, to him though. So it's like, if they don't want to give it to him, that may be enough to disgruntle him to leave, but it's not like holding out for that is going to be any better because if they don't want to pay it, he's not getting that anywhere else. But if he's not getting it, that might be enough to make him say, well, trade me because if you don't, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm you know, in free agency, right? So, um, and then in that case, it's going to be more incentive for Boston to try to like trade him earlier, I suppose, because, you know, his he has less value, <laughs> the less time that's left on his deal. Also a reason to maybe sign him and then have more, you know. So I think Boston has interesting decisions. They're also a team like the Warriors, that will be affected by the CBA rules, so people have all of their eyes on on Boston. But you've pointed out teams like Orlando, Toronto is another team that people are talking about a lot in terms of having assets that mm-hmm. the Warriors may want to trade for. We've heard OG, we've heard Pascal. Um, some people have brought up Chicago. You know um with Zach Levine so you know I think once we get like it's sort of hard because right now this is all just like speculation so Mm -hmm. I think when we have like more to go on we can do a deep dive into players fits who the Warriors should potentially pursue you know things like that but right now we don't know
2: right we we have no clue it's all we we have no clue but I,
1: I do think some kind of trade is going to happen. And who knows? It may not be Jordan Poole. It just feels like Jordan Poole is the most likely. And we did talk about that at length. And not just because of his contract or his value, but because I don't know if the Draymond and Poole situation is really going to be better, ever.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Enough to make it really good vibes on the team. Right. Right. And yes, there are players who play together that don't like each other, but they don't all experience public mm-hmm. fights like this where the world is able to see and you know all the other stuff that comes with it. So I just I don't know. I don't think it's happening.
2: I don't either. Like you said, you don't really see that happen a lot, and you don't see it with two players who are such a big age difference. Um, so in normal circumstances where Draymond can kind of be like that older brother, mentor type of guy holding Jordan accountable, that dynamic is likely gone at this point. We've seen different clips throughout the season of Draymond trying to talk to Jordan. He kind of brushes it off or, you know, it's just not the same. Whereas in 2022, there's other clips of Draymond, like really getting into Jordan, holding him accountable defensively and Jordan just taking it all in and accepting it. So if that isn't there, it's just not likely that, the team itself and Jordan as a player will be able to perform at his highest level, you know, for them to be able to, you know, make it good vibes and and go for a championship again. So it's unfortunate, but it's just, it is what it is at this point.
1: Yeah. But I also think the other thing to be said is like Draymond's leadership style may not work for everyone. And I think the Warriors need to learn to accept that, you know, and deal with that. Like, I think, I do. And I don't say this just because of like basketball. I say this in every aspect of the world, you know, businesses have to change because of new generations and the old ways of leading, the old ways of talking to people, those kinds of, they don't fly. (laughs) They don't fly. I deal with it in the workplace now with people under me, like that, like tough love and i'm not saying you can't have it and that it doesn't work on some people what i'm saying is it's not universal across the board but less and less so with generations we're seeing you know i thought the um the quotes from jordan where he's just like i mean if you have to always yell to get your point across you know like those to me like yes there's stuff between him and trey but like one of the reasons it was said that like you know, no one thought anything of it when they were first going back and forth is because that's what Dre and and Jordan do. But I guess my point there is that maybe Jordan never appreciated that ever. You know what I'm saying? Like there becomes a point where it's just like that shit wears on you and you don't want to keep hearing it. And I think there's like a mentality with, I don't know within the Warriors, but I know amongst the fan base, like, you know, like Jordan needs to just humble himself and take it. But I am a firm believer, personally, I am and I'm saying this as someone who struggles with tone and can be like a Draymond, that you have to know how to like switch up your message and deliver things um, in a different way to be effective. Um, and Roz had reported earlier, you know, that a lot of the young players, like they're told to look at Draymond as a leader, but they don't know why, right? And I, I think that kind of stuff matters moving forward while you're transitioning. Cause like, yeah, he's gonna still be on the team, But like you have to have team harmony and team unity and that there has to be some acknowledgement on like Draymond's impact on that, you know, (laughs) there has to be. And, um, you know, that's why I also think about what players you're gonna bring in, right? Because, you know, people talk about someone like a jalen brown he just doesn't strike me as someone <laughs> who's going to like tolerate mm-hmm. <laughs> Draymond shit they've already had like back and forth before in the media like dray's like oh i know what we got in their head he's like he sounds stupid or like whatever i don't want to misquote jalen but i rem- mm-hmm. like i just right but if you bring in someone like jalen he's going like even if he's new he's going to be a big piece to what they're going to try to do
2: they got into it in the finals Right. Yeah. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying that players can't put things behind them. That's not what I mean. But I'm just saying certain personalities, right? Like, even KD. KD, you know, Draymond in his face, like, yelling at him. Not every star
2: mm-hmm.
1: is going to, like, be okay with that, you know? Yeah. They're just not. And yeah. none of those players are on the level of KD. But I'm just saying just not all personalities are going to be welcome to that.
2: That's true. That's true. I mean, I guess throughout the years, it's kind of where Steph steps in is the kind of like the opposite of that. And, you know, like I said, we've seen clips this year where, like I said, Draymond to say something to Jordan, Jordan to brush it off, but Steph will come right back o- over after Draymond and deliver the message in his way. And it'll be much better received. Um, so, You know, it's just, it's another one of those things that Steph kind of got to clean up. (laughs) You know, he kind of has to put out a bunch of fires for the team. That's just been his role in addition to all his, all the load that he has to carry throughout all these years. And I guess it's just, you know, the reality of the team as it's currently constructed. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. A reality that Draymond made. and makes harder. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what um, the approach will be. And also, like, Draymond had a really great relationship with Bob Myers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he got a great relationship with Dunleavy. And the reason I bring that up is because, like, it matters. It matters. Because if he doesn't view Draymond as needed or as favorably, right? Like, Lacob Lacob does love Dre. I would actually say that might be one of his saving graces that like Lacob is so into him (laughs) because, um, you know, when everything happened with Jordan, like the feeling among the organization, it wasn't like just players or young players, like he's worn on a lot of people within the organization from top to bottom. And so you just don't know, like, I guess what my point is that when you have that good, when you have that goodwill built up with someone like a Myers or someone who's like goes back with you, Bob drafted Draymond, right? So mm-hmm. you might have a longer rope with him than you might someone else. That That's all I'm saying. And so I, I think, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see. But I, I do think, I don't think Poole and Dre can coexist. And like we've already discussed, you can go back and check out the last ap- episode. I think because of that, that means Jordan will be traded, which I think is unfortunate, but we're not going to go back through that. But I do think the Warriors do have to like get a handle on Andre. J- I do. Like, I don't think he can just keep going on the way that he is. Allowing him to go on the way that he is 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 why a punch even happened to begin with.
2: Yeah, you just hope that he gained some insight from that situation in order to like make sure internally that he doesn't get to that point ever again. Um, but like you never know with him because <laughs> we we've had situations like this before with him, and you know he's the next thing came up, and then the next thing came up, so. Yeah.
1: I mean, how remarkable is it that did you see that Twitter video where I think it was um yeah, I think it was 95.7 in the game. Um they had like an event or something. They were somewhere and they were like show a hands of like who wants Draymond to stay and who wants him to go. Did you see that? No. Oh, yeah. They were like in a room it was like two of the hosts from one of the shows. And um, it was like kind of like a clap meter or a loud, you know, one of those noise, like not like a scientific survey,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but like, so people were like, yeah, it was kind of like lukewarm, you know, or maybe a little louder than that. It wasn't in the room. But then when it was like, who thinks Draymond Dream should be traded or go? They were hella loud. <laughs> And that's like in the Bay, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's not like us here, you know? Mm -hmm. That's like people in the Bay. And like, they were even talking about like how they were just shocked. They couldn't believe it. But I, I think that's representative of the divide and how people feel about Dre at this point. I don't think it's just fans. I think the org, I think that's top to bottom, you know? Mm -hmm. like how people feel
2: he's a very polarizing player both on the court and off the court so it's not really surprising that that's kind of the sentiment around him and whether or not he should be on the team
1: yeah but I just don't think a few years ago you would have had like a big round like that from like the bay (laughs) right about Draymond leaving you know and like to me that's you know that's crazy to me when you think of all he has contributed right you know, that people could feel that way about you. If you would have asked me four years ago, mm-hmm. right? Pretty like,
2: much, you, you pretty much got to go out of your way to turn people off of you like that. And he essentially has done that, you know, with, you know, the whole podcast and just loving LeBron and Clutch and all of that stuff. That's definitely turned a lot of people off. And it just seems like he isn't, he's so different from what he was, in the early years of their dynasty where he was pretty much given the F you to anybody that wasn't a warrior. Now he's very much embraced the clutch Turner volume, all those different things much more. And it's almost like he's putting the warriors to the side while he's, you know what I'm saying? This is my, this is my job, but this is what I love to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that is like, it's rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um And then, you know, on the court, he's still a very effective player, but he's not, he's not in his prime anymore. So a lot of, a lot of people are just are kind of turned off from him in that front as well. So it's, it's surprising, like you said, looking back like four or five years ago, if you would ask yourself, would this be the case? You would definitely say no. But after experiencing it, it's like, yeah, I'm not really surprised. People want him to go. <laughs> Some people want him to go.
1: are now tuned into Golden Spaces
0: with Matt and Mm, mm, Justin.
1: Well, the NBA Finals begin tomorrow, Justin. And we have Denver and we have the Heat. And most people are picking Denver. I haven't decided what my pick is going to be. Um... I actually think it's going to be a close series. I don't I don't think it's going to be... And by the way, close to me doesn't mean it goes seven. But I just, I don't think Denver is going to handle Miami like the way people are suggesting. Um, so I know the odds are highly in um, Denver's favor. But yeah, I mean, I think if Denver wins, I think it's like in six. Um... No less than that. I don't think it's going to go less than six games. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because the Heat have shown in every series that they're able to go into a building and win on the road. Now, this is a different challenge with the altitude. And also, you have less rest. But I don't think anybody was too terribly banged up on the Heat, you know? Um, I know Jimmy had something the last game, but I don't remember if it was something serious. Um, Gabe Vincent was out for a game, but then he came back and played and still seemed relatively effective. The interesting question is Tyler Hero because they're saying he could come back in this series and we- <laughs> you know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but they could be getting another lethal shooter back in, you know, Tyler Hero. So I just, you know, I, I I just feel like looking at anything that transpired in the regular season for the Heat at this point is foolish, you know, Mm -hmm. so when people talk about what was done in those regular season matchups, I'm not one of those people who's just like, forget about the regular season, it doesn't matter altogether, but I think with the Heat advancing all the way to the finals, we have to stop looking at what happened in the regular season to analyze what this team is going to do now
2: <laughs> right. that,
1: that's just my opinion
2: no i agree on that um as far as the injuries i think jimmy had that major well not major but he had that ankle injury earlier in the playoffs that took him out for a game then he played on it and then i think he tweaked tweaked i don't know if it was the same ankle or not but he tweaked something in the boston series and gave vincent had an ankle thing too i mean they they should be fine but you never know like cumulative things like that can you know add up over time. Um, but yeah, I would throw the regular season matchups out of the window. I think that was before trade deadline too. So it was a lot of players playing for the Nuggets that aren't even on the team anymore. Um, and Kevin Love
1: went to the heat,
2: right? Kevin Love is on the heat now. He'll probably get some run because the the Nuggets are a bigger team than Boston. Um, yeah. It's just completely new. Kind of going in blind a little bit. You can kind of project matchups and see where both teams have advantages, but so far what we've seen is the Heat are a completely different team than they were in the regular season. I think they averaged the least amount of points in the league in the regular season, and now they're just like shooting people's doors off. <laughs> like um, they got just multiple, multiple deadly shooters right now. Um, so the Nuggets, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta just know give the heat a little bit more credit in comparison to what they were doing the regular season for sure
1: yeah i mean they oh role players always matter but i feel like in this series they really matter like um Mm -hmm. you know i want to say that um denver has more of a dynamic duo than the heat because like you don't know what you're gonna get from bam You know, from game to game, like he's supposed to be the number two guy, but he doesn't always perform like that. Right. But I just feel like Caleb Martin has stepped up in a way that like if he can continue that into the next series, you have to look at him as like a legitimate number two, even if it doesn't last, (laughs) you know, and even if he comes back in the regular season and he's a different player. I'm just saying he played like a number two (laughs) in the in, in the last series, you know whether you say it's above his weight, whatever you say. But, like, if he keeps playing like that, right, mm-hmm. then that's a problem, especially if you do get some BAM games, you know? Um, But the the Heat, their role players have just been so good. And, um, you know, didn't – I mean, there were only four games in the Lakers series, so it didn't happen as much. But, you know, Jamal Murray is predisposed sometimes to, like – you know, I mean, we saw it when it happened, like he was cold all game and then just came alive in the fourth and the last series, and then it continued over to the next game. And so it's like, you know, I know I've been seeing a lot of things. Like, are they just gonna try to force Jokic to be a scorer and not facilitate, which he can do, but I don't know if like so like he can beat you, they can beat you like that, but I don't know if they can beat you like that over an entire series like I just don't know I think it's like really interesting and um I also think so I think Kyle Lowry is going to be interesting in this matchup he had like only one good game I think in the last series but I think he's a big body you can at times put on like a Jamal Murray to just like bother him and and agitate him a little bit I don't know if Spo will but I think you can um You know, and and Kyle Lowry can just be annoying. (laughs) like, (laughs) he can be annoying. So, like, not from, like, a... I mean, obviously, he can still run the second unit and manage them and all of that. But I'm more talking about, like, what he can do to, like, the opposing guards, you know, in terms of his defense and things like that. So I think that'll be interesting to watch what he can do in the series. And then I just, I don't know, you know, because maybe, like caleb martin is like performing so well because tyler hero's out you know i don't know so it'll it'll be interesting to see
2: yeah i wouldn't try tyler until you feel like you may need to um i think you know vincent and martin and Struess and duncan robinson have been playing well enough that they really shouldn't be losing any minutes um and if you feel like you need an extra boost to of offense and you feel like Tyler is in a good spot and he can come back and potentially inject some life, then I would try him then. But I do think you'd be giving up some defense, some defense on the ball and all that type of stuff too. So um I don't know. Denver is just such a big team. It's going to be tough to stop their offense. It's already tough to stop their offense because they have so many weapons, but um it's gonna take some some real creativity from Spo. They probably should try to turn Joker into a scorer and make sure they limit everybody else. Um, I just read a stat that was saying like MPJ, his like effective field goal percentage on open threes is like ninety or something. It's something crazy. Um, like he essentially is a guaranteed make if you leave him open. Um, so can't let him get hot. Can't let KCP get a lot of open shots. Jamal Murray. It might be better to put somebody with a little bit more size on him just because he is a bigger guard. So, well, I do think Lowry can get under his handle if he if they end up running actions for him to get Lowry in the post. I don't know if, how much Kyle Lowry can affect his shot on those turnarounds and stuff. Like he was kind of killing Dennis Schroeder with those. So maybe Jimmy on him a little bit more. Maybe um Martin, somebody's like six five, six six, um can help that too. And really, the swing factor is Bam. Like if Bam can limit Jokic in those one on one situations and not get into foul trouble and you know, Jokic isn't killing him for 35, 40 a game, then you severely limit Denver's offense. And then on the other end, if Bam can make Jokic work and actually score inside and use his athleticism and stuff to get to the rim and finish, then you can have some more offensive production from him. And it takes the pressure off of Jimmy, Caleb and all these other guys to have to go nuclear to to match Denver's offense. So. I think this is so a band. Man
1: Can he just won't do it over a whole series, right? And so right. that's that's really what it is. You might get that for like a game. <laughs> right. Two right. games. Right. So it's like, what else are you gonna like lean into? You know, their role players have been pretty consistent, you mm. know. Um
2: and they'll get shots against Denver's defense. Like, Denver's not, like, the greatest defense out there. I mean, they're better than they were in a regular season, but mm-hmm. you'll be able to get shots for sure.
1: Yeah, and then obviously it's always the age-old question of, like, is the long layoff... Is the long layoff um, going to hurt them, or is it beneficial for them? Obviously, we know it's beneficial in terms of, like, their bodies and rest and things like that, but... You know, just not having played played in a while. You know, so we gotta see. So yeah, I mean, look, I think this series gets very interesting if the Heat find a way to steal one of those first two games.
2: Yeah, I do too. I find it. I mean, I'm I'm gonna bet that they don't get one of those two games, but you never know. If they do, is for sure gets interesting. And um, yeah, then at that point is anybody's series really
1: yeah and I'm also not convinced that even if they don't that Denver is going into Miami and taking a game either so which they would have to do to win in five you know they did that to the Lakers but both you and I don't think the Lakers are (laughs) like as good as people thought they were after beating the Warriors so Mm -hmm. um you know they had to go to six before they got one in Phoenix so I'm just not like Convince, you know I think the Heat are better and a better coach team than like the Wolves so I'm just I'm not sold on even if Denver takes the first two that they're just gonna march into Miami and steal one I'm sure they'll try but I don't know that I think that that's gonna happen so I just there's just not a yeah I guess they could come back and win you know in game six You know, but that's why I just, I just, I don't see a situation where the Heat don't get two games. I just think you're going to get a game where everything clicks for them. And then there's like another game where things don't go right for Denver or like you have Spo's genius or, you know, a playoff Jimmy or whatever. But I just, I don't think those are all just going to be one game. I think there'll be enough of that, that the Heat at minimum get two games. Okay. I just can't see them going out in five, but I I would not be surprised if this goes seven. You know, I think I just think that the other thing too is like it's it's not always like an explainable thing. It's like, and and maybe you didn't feel this, but I mean, part of the reason Boston was also so favored is because they should have been in the heat, right? But they didn't, and so it's like thought
2: Boston. I thought Boston. Denver, was- I, thought Boston huh? I thought Boston was going to beat them in. Five or six, probably six, but you're right.
1: Yeah, and I mean, candidly, I don't know if they would have won, but I I do think if Tatum doesn't get hurt, you're talking about a different game. They might still lose, but Mm -hmm. I think it's more competitive because Jason Tatum steps up in elimination games. He does. Yeah. Right, and before this year, the only one they lost was to the Warriors, you know? So, and Steph Curry's a different animal, you know? So I just, I feel like it's really you know, it sucks that he got the injury. I do think that helped the Heat, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm not saying that the Heat couldn't have won it. Like, I didn't go in there thinking like, oh, Boston has this. I expected it to be a competitive game. And I, I just think that Tatum's injury robbed us of a competitive game. Um, and 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 really shined light on Jalen Brown's flaws that many of us knew already existed anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um Yeah, I just, it's weird, but it just feels like it's Denver's year and it also feels like it's the Heat's year. That's the thing. It feels like it's both teams year to just win, to just get there. You know, Denver a little bit more predictable and they were the number one seed and, you know, they were the, they had the best record in the West for most of the season. And, you know, so they feel like, a traditional you know in that sense though their win total for the season was a little less than some of the other teams we've thought of in the past as like number one but generally speaking they they fit the other criteria they had an mvp candidate blah 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 blah, all that stuff The Heat don't feel like you know they should be there and yet they keep advancing in every round and Mm -hmm. that's That's another reason why I'm just like, I don't know, man. I can't just count this team out no more because they keep fucking winning, yo.
2: That's true.
1: Even after the Celtics get an unbelievable win, tip-in from, you know, White, and it feels like all the momentum has gone back to the Celtics. Right? The Heat still find a way to come in and win the fucking game. I just... (laughs) I don't know. I, 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 I think the basketball gods will just not allow it to be a short series (laughs)
2: that's true i mean i think a lot of the time a lot of the wins they've gotten in the playoffs have come like late game grinded out and you know a spo led team and a jimmy butler led team is just not going to make a ton of mistakes at the end like they might not have more talent than the other team but they're not going to beat themselves right other than maybe they miss shots right but they're going to get Decent looks, the best look they can get. They're going to get to the foul line and they're going to muck the game up and their defense is going to put a lot of pressure on your offense to be able to generate better or equal um, offense to them in late games. And we saw the Celtics even last year, like this is always their Achilles heel. They do not generate good offense at the end of games in high leverage situations. Certain defenses can throw them out of whack and they don't have that guy on their team that can settle everybody down and get a good shot every time. Maybe Tatum develops into that, um, but they just don't have it. And Milwaukee at times, their offense at the end of games is a little wonky because Giannis doesn't have a go-to move he can go to. And Drew and Middleton just aren't that level of offensive players. So um, and, and they just they were just better than the Knicks, I guess, for most of that series. Brunson was kind of cooking them, but outside of him, they just didn't really have much. So where I, where I run into it with, with Denver is like Denver has that guy and they have that offense that, like, is really nothing you can do. They're going to get a shot up, even if it's not a good shot. They can hit the bad ones, and then more times than not, they're going to get a good one. So I don't know if I can see Miami doing the heat thing to them just because of that dynamic going on. But you can't count them out, and they just got a ton of wings, and now they got a ton of shooting to go with the wings that they didn't have in a regular season. So that's that could be a potential like issue for Denver's defense because Denver doesn't have the best rim protection. They don't have the best perimeter guys and all that type of stuff. So uh I can definitely see it get mucked up and, and extended, but my gut is just telling me Jokic is just clearly the best player in this series. They have a ton of offense that Miami's gonna be hard to stop. They have home court advantage, they have rest. They have health. It's just I don't know. But I wouldn't put it past Miami to steal two, maybe three games if that, if it comes to that.
1: Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to it. Um, Watching without having any vested interest in the outcome is a really cool way to watch games. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say though, I need people to get over this whole like ratings thing and stop in either direction. Like it's like, you know, it's probably not going to have high ratings. It probably won't be, like, the worst rated either. It's just not going to overwhelm. And that's to be expected. And that's okay. And as fans, most fans aren't going to care about that in terms of, like, us. But it's, like, all the judging people if they care about ratings. Like, bro, these are businesses. <laughs> you know? And I say that now as someone who's, like, in TV production and puts on a show, like, what people tune into matters like y'all may not feel like it should but it it does and so you can't just expect them not to care if the ratings are not good um and I, I i do think there's a little um i just think people are a little misguided when they say things like well if the media would talk more about jokic bro jokic is not interesting like i like I'm sorry, he's not. (laughs) He's an amazing player. And I like watching him play. But it also doesn't strike me as crazy that he doesn't appeal to the masses. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's like, he says some things that are funny. He's like Clay in some ways, where he's unintentionally funny. He just says shit. But like, I find in the post games, Mike Malone is maybe the most interesting one of all of them in terms of what he's saying and what i want to listen to you know um and then maybe jamal murray you know because he starts to get a little spicy too but it's like you know they're like i just always tell people to kind of reflect back on the people who have been faces of the league Mm -hmm. you know that's why i always said luca's not gonna be the face of the week (laughs) and people think it's like I'm hating or it's because they're international or because they're white it's not that because Larry Bird was a face of the league right? he was he was a co-face with magic but Larry did like you know crazy shit you know like I'm gonna make these shots you know he there were all these Larry had- legend stories I lived mm-hmm. at that time he had and charisma he, was, he did right he did shit on the court where you were like what you know and Mm -hmm. then of course it was heightened by like this white boy's doing what like Luca is Luca I think his play supports it I don't think his personality right now supports it now that could change and then he would but with Jokic it's a personality and a play style thing you know it's just like it's not going to appeal to the masses um Tim Duncan didn't either, by the mm-hmm. way, right? Right? It's, he's not the first example in NBA history of this. And people are not like, I just don't like the attacking the people who are not into it. It's like something is wrong with them. Like, because you're not a basketball purist or you don't appreciate it. the fuck. You can't tell people what to appreciate. And I actually like, I loved the Spurs. And I like Jokic. So I don't fall into the camp of not liking it and appreciating it. I thought what the Spurs did in the 2014 finals was some of the most beautiful basketball I ever watched in my life, right? So I enjoyed it. But all I'm saying is that most people are not what we are on NBA Twitter. They are casual fans. They are like, you know, they're not tuning in for that. So um, when people, like, talk about them more, like, I just feel like they sound like politicians. Like, you guys think that you can just make people think something, you know? The consumer, the viewer tells you what they want. There's a lot of businesses that operate, media, whatever. They operate on the, no, we tell them what they like and what's good. And that's how you end up with wrong poll results. (laughs) in elections when they're so off right and that's how times shit sometimes end up being off because it's like y'all are not listening to the people you know and i was having this debate with someone the other day and i just said look at steph look at john Morant. that's not who the league intentionally started to lean into it was zion Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it was zion it was zion getting the tv games they wanted to go in on all in on zion and, like, Ja just, you know, until he started acting crazy, <laughs> he just took the spotlight.
2: hmm
1: Right? And same thing with Steph. There was no grand plan to market Steph. Facts. People just loved him.
2: The MSG game put him on a map.
1: Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like the league can sit there and say, oh, we want to, like, do this player and do that but I'm just saying like there is an element of like when you have it, you have it. And people recognize the it it's called the it factor, Mm -hmm. right? It's why like you love Kelly and you love the other members of destiny's child, but Beyonce (laughs) is the it. She has the it factor. The same shit applies to NBA players and, and faces. It's not all racism. It's not all xenophobia, bro. Like, it's not. (laughs) Like, I just, two things can be true. And I don't know why we have to resist so much. You know, oh, if they just tried, like, come on. I I didn't want to like keep having the arguments but I'm tired of seeing it. And like, I'm actually very experienced in market research and data and trends and studying. I had to do it, not in media, but I had to do it for like business. And, but the same principles apply. So like the, the total notion that they're just not trying and they don't see, it, it's, it's not correct people. But regardless, I'm going to enjoy the, the, the finals. Um, and, you know, hopefully it'll be interesting. Uh, I want it to be a longer series because I want NBA basketball on, you know, for as long as it can be. So I, I'm pushing for it to go long. And I want it to be enjoyable. So I hope that's what we get. And I think, you know, with Jokic and and the heat and the way they play, I I think it's going to be good. It's going to be enjoyable for me.
2: It's going to be enjoyable for me, too. Pure hoops. Pure hoops. (laughs) I can't even talk. Yeah, none of the foul bullshit. Right. Right. Well, Jimmy might grift a little bit. But other than Kyle Lowry. But other than that, it's just going to be basketball at the highest level. You got the two, two teams left standing. I think it's been a weird season in the NBA. I think we can all say that. But two worthy teams in the finals playing for all the marbles. Can't really ask for anything better, especially considering the Lakers aren't in there.
1: <laughs> Anybody just, like, but
2: the Lakers. Just, like,
1: just like for them, beating the Warriors was their championship, seeing their demise.
2: The way that it happened, the sweep. Yes.
1: I'm about to be like the Nuggets got LeBron planning retirement. Y'all want to keep up these narratives about the Warriors Dynasty ending? Right. Yeah. Jokic got that boy contemplating retirement. (laughs)
2: Facts.
1: (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in with us. We appreciate you. You know, we do these little longer episodes since we away from y'all longer. So hopefully the 90 minutes. We'll give y'all enough until we back. Um, We were supposed to do a mailbag. We didn't. So we make sure we get the mailbag for next time. But appreciate the support. Stay with us. We're around. And um, yeah, you know the drill. Make sure you follow Twitter, Instagram, at Golden Spaces Pod. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're downloading. Make sure you're telling a friend, a family member, And make sure you're leaving us a positive review or a five-star rating. We appreciate y'all. Until next time, take care.